0: In our uh, Sunday night services we've been studying the book of Hebrew and and we're not going to study that this morning but uh, uh, the last uh, few weeks we've been in uh, the 11th chapter of Hebrews and talking about faith and and I don't like that some Bibles call it the heroes of faith I don't like to use that terminology but you're you're aware of that chapter all the different individuals and and last Sunday night we talked about uh, uh, Samson and talked about his faith and everything and and, of course, one of the things we remember about Samson is he was a Nazirite. So we hadn't studied a Nazarite for a long time, so I thought we would just go ahead this morning, and, and we're not necessarily going to be focusing on Samson, but Sunday night we talk about Samson as it related to, to faith. So this morning we'll just talk about uh, Nazarite, and, and we probably won't get it finished today, and I'm not going to try to rush it. We'll just go and maybe get started. And... Uh, uh, finish it up maybe the next two or three Sundays, whatever, uh, whatever it takes. But Nazarite. What is a Nazarite? Well, many years ago, I thought that was a citizen of Nazarene, that they come from Nazareth. And I thought that's what a Nazarite was. Well, it, that's not what a Nazarite is. They, there may be some from Nazareth, but that's not what makes them a Nazarite. So what, what, uh, what is a Nazarite? Who are they? Where do they come from? What's their purpose? And uh, what's some of the characteristics of a Nazarite? And one comes to mind pretty quickly. Long hair, right? But what are some of the other characteristics, well, that characteristic as well as others. What's some of the characteristics that would uh, that would make one or, or, or make one identifiable as a, as a Nazarite? And then... What, if any, significance is there in that for us today? We're going to read about some Nazarites, Old Testament. Uh, but what about us today? Is there any significance in it? Should we waste our time studying about something in the Old Testament? Maybe as we look at things in the Old Testament, as uh, I hope I always say it's more than just history. It is history, but it's more than that. It's also written for our learning and our admonition. So what's the significance of Nazarite today, and are there any, and who would they be? Well, you might be surprised to find that you might be one of them. We'll we'll take that up. Uh, So Nazarite. Now, it comes from two different uh, uh, Hebrew words, and one of them is Nazar, and it means to separate, to abstain from food and drink and impurity, or to set apart. That's one of the words uh, translated Nazirite. The other one is Nazir, and it means separate, that is consecrated as a prince or a Nazirite. So we see the word separation in both of them, so they both mean about the same things, but when you read the word Nazarite, it, it can be coming from two different actual Hebrew words, and they both mean about the same thing. It also means consecrate or set apart to sacred purposes. Separate from common to sacred use. So that's kind of what this word or words, Nazarite, would mean. So someone that was a Nazarite they would be separated. They would be separated from a common purpose to a sacred purpose. Now, the word—it's kind of uh, the, the word. The Nazir, the word Nazarite was even used figuratively. In other words, maybe there were grapevines, and you know how they would take their. The grapevines were very important to them, but grapevines that to produce grapes, you know, they're they're pruned and everything uh, uh, every year and everything, and and they're pruned, and you can you can see one where maybe someone's over here left unattended. They would say, "Well, that's a Nazarite vine." So the words kind of used figuratively. My uh, grass lately is Nazarite. My, my landscaping and just kind of growing everywhere. It's, it's, it's uncut, unshorn. Actually, I did cut it yesterday. But to use the word figuratively, and they did, just uncut, unpruned. And we know that would re- relate to the hair. And we'll, we'll talk about that. that's a very important part of it. Uh, so Nazarite, separate, uh, set apart for a sacred uh, purpose. Uh, Set apart from these unclean things. So uh, one that is a Nazarite is is consecrated or separated. And one thing in particular, more than one thing, but one thing in particular that we notice of the separation is his, their long hair. And that's a very important part of it. Unshorn, so to speak. You know, they would shear the sheep. Well, Nazarite, they weren't to be sheared. And not just hair, I believe it was beard also. Because the head is not just the head's from the neck up, not just top of where a hair grows or is supposed to grow or something like that. But that is a very important part of it and we'll see that, but that's not the only part. But a Nazarite is is separate. And and we're going to read scriptures this morning and I'll go ahead and point this out because it's a very important point to try to keep in our minds. When We, we don't want to think of just a, a head with hair, a beard, eyes, nose, and ears. We don't, we don't want to think of it as something with many parts because we're going to read in a little bit. It's called the head of a separation. So we want to look at it as, as one thing, and the distinguishing thing of that is gonna be the unshaven, long hair, beard, whatever. But we don't want to think of it, well, it's a head with, with long hair and eyes and ears. It's a head of separation. Well, it has this unshaven for this purpose. It is a head of separation, one thing. So we wanna keep that in mind uh, as we look at this. Something else about a Nazarite There were uh, some that were Nazarite for life, from birth to death. They were Nazarites, separated, set apart from a common to a a, a, a sacred use. So there were some from birth to death. There were some also, uh, you could take a a vow of a Nazarite. And we'll read about that. If you take a vow of a Nazarite, there were certain things that you were to do and, and, and not to do uh, also. So we'll, we will look at that, uh, uh, this, some that would take this vow of a Nazarite. So some for life and some for this period of this, this uh, vow. So it, it's very interesting to me. And we'll go and we'll start out back in the book of Numbers chapter 6. If you're following along, if you're using the Bibles in the building, it's page 175. But the book of Numbers, chapter 6. Now, something else that I'll go ahead and point out, Nazarite here is uh, basically part of the law. uh, And it's even referred to that way. But uh, Numbers, chapter 6. And we'll read a dozen or so verses here, beginning in verse 1. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When either a man or a woman shall separate themselves to vow a vow of a Nazarite to separate themselves unto the Lord. You see, that's you can see our definition fitting in there. He shall separate himself from wine, a strong drink, shall drink no vinegar of wine. Or vinegar of strong drink, neither shall he drink any liquor of grapes, nor eat moist grapes, or dried. All the days of his separation shall he eat nothing that is made of the vine tree, from the kernels even to the husk. All the days of the vow of his separation there shall no razor come upon his head. Until the days be fulfilled in the which he separated himself unto the Lord, he shall be holy and shall let the locks of the hair of his head grow. All the days that he separated himself unto the Lord, he shall come at no dead body. He shall not make himself unclean for his father, for his mother, for his brother, for his sister, when they die, because the consecration of God is upon his head. I'm going to pause here in my reading, so in case I I forget. But here, this law of the Nazarite was even more strict than the priesthood in one respect. A priest, if his father or mother died or whatever, he could go to the funeral or or whatever. But here, a Nazarite, no. Not to go around a, a dead body. Not even for father or mother or brother or sister. Couldn't go around a dead body. And this, this uh, we won't get to it this morning. This might, or to me, this kind of helps explain a little something that, uh, that was a little hard for me to understand, maybe. You remember the time the Lord, uh, when he's calling his disciples and things, and, and uh, he would call them out, and, you know, there's many accounts of his disciples as he called them out, different individuals. And one, he'd called them out, and I can't think who it was now, but anyway, they said, well, yeah, you know, he's going to follow the Lord. And, and the individual says, "Let me go bury my was father or mother, whichever it was. that died, and it said, 'Let me go. Let me go bury them.'" And the Lord said, "What?" Said, "No." And Joe, that always—I thought, man, <laughs> that always uh, that troubled me for a long time. And then, of course, the Lord said, "Let the dead bury the dead." Uh, but I think, to me, I think the teaching is that is. I'm getting way ahead of myself. I'm into next week's lesson, maybe. But but uh, those that are separated, and I think this one, as the Lord called them out, they became Nazarite. And Nazarite is not to be defiled by the dead. And, of course, it's type and shadow. But anyway, we'll, Lord willing, we'll take that up maybe also next next couple weeks. I just didn't want to uh, leave that out. But that might help explain or help understand when the Lord said, no, uh, let the dead bury the dead. You don't go bury your father, whoever it was, father, mother, whichever one had passed away, he said, no, you, you follow me. So maybe that'll give you something to study anyway. So verse 7 again says, He shall not make himself unclean for his father or for his mother, for his brother or sister when they die, because the consecration of God is upon his head. And all the days of his separation, he is holy unto the Lord. And remember, some take a vow for a period of time, some are Nazarite for life, and we'll get into some of those. Verse 9, If any man die very suddenly by him, in other words, uh, someone has taken this vow of a Nazarite, and okay, his father, his mother dies, they've been sick, and okay, he doesn't go bury them, but Chuck, if you're walking down the road and the car hits somebody and he's dead, you know, you... There you are. So it talks about that. Well, what would happen then? Verse 9, if any man uh, die very suddenly by him, he hath defiled the, listen, head of his consecration or that head of separation. Then he shall shave his head in the day of his cleansing. On the seventh day shall he shave it. So you can see that this shaven or unshaven head is is at the center of this uh, uh, Nazarite. But he said, you know, if you if he, if, if he come by this dead body, uh, even, you know, if he just killed suddenly, he said, okay, it's, the, it's off. In other words, the head of his consecration, separate, the head of his separation, that which separates him, he said, you just save it says, and on the eighth day shall bring two turtle doves or two young pigeons to the priest to the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And the priest shall offer one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering and make an atonement for him because he sinned by the dead. And shall hallow his head that same day. So he says, now, okay, here's this dead body that he came in contact with but said it's a sin. It, it was a sin, it says, sin by the dead, and shall hallow his head the same day, verse 12, and he shall consecrate unto the Lord the days of his separation, and shall bring a lamb of the first year for a trespass offering, but the days that were before shall be lost because his separation was defiled. So what he's saying here, this is talking about some that take a vow of a Nazarite for a period of time, so, and I, I don't know what the period of time was, uh, if it was a certain... Set or, or set the individual, but anyway, he said okay. I've taken a vow, and no razor going to touch my head. I'm not going to uh, come in contact with the dead, or drink any any, any wines or anything, fruit of the vine. And I've done this for seven months or whatever. Then I come in contact with a dead body. Then you shave the head. You go to the priest and tells you the different things to offer, and then you. Start out your vow again because everything that was back here was defiled. And so you start, the vow starts again. All this was defiled because the head of separation was defiled. And there's meaning to all this and there's reasoning to all this and it means something to us today. And we'll, again, we'll try to get into that, but probably not today. Let's look at just what the Nazarite was uh, at first. So now let's go to, uh, well, let me read also here verse 18 of the sixth chapter. And the Nazarite, uh, we well we we uh, skip some, but let me. I just want to read this. And the Nazarite shall shave the head of his separation at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. Uh, and I'm I'm going to just pause there. I just wanted to read verse 18 right now because it says, "And the Nazarite shall shave the head of his separation." See, there's that term, head of consecration, head of separation. It's one term. It's not a head with ears and eyes and and, uh, and hair and so forth, it's one term. Either it's a head of separation or it's not. And one of the things that makes it a head of separation was the long, unshaven, a razor wasn't to touch it. So if a razor doesn't, if they've taken a vow or a Nazarite from birth and the razor hasn't touched the head, it's a head of separation. That's what it is. If a razor touches it, they no longer have the head of separation. So, head of separation, no head of separation. So, that's very important to, to keep that in mind. So, now let's go to the uh, book of uh, 1 Samuel, and we'll read about a Nazarite from birth. This talked about a Nazarite, uh, a vow of a uh, Nazarite. And we're going to see. Uh, uh, Nazirite one, it was a Nazirite from birth. And the same rules apply as far as uh, the, the different things. But it was they were to be a Nazarite from well for life from birth. So first Samuel chapter one and Verse 11, this was Hannah, and uh, we studied Hannah's prayer one time, uh, it's in the second chapter, we will do that, but very uh, good scripture study, Hannah's prayer in the second chapter of 1 Samuel, but here in, uh, Ham, uh, uh, Hannah was Samuel's mother, or going to be Samuel's mother, but let's read this in verse 11 of 1 Samuel 1. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thy handmaid a male child, then will I give uh, him unto the Lord all the days of his life. And there shall no razor come upon his head. Well, she knew, she knew what a Nazarite was, didn't she? So here Hannah... Uh, 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 was going to be the, the, the mother of Samuel, and uh, 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 Hannah's uh, uh, husband had, had two wives, had children by the other one, but Hannah was, was barren. And uh, here she says, Lord, you know, if, if you give me a child, he'll be a Nazarite. I'll give him, a, he'll be a Nazarite from birth. And uh, said, No razor will touch his head. We'll get into the definition of razor Eh, sometime, maybe today, maybe next week, but very interesting too uh, uh, what the definition of razor is. If you want to study it on your own, look it up. A little uh, surprise as you see what the word razor actually means. But anyway, she said no razor uh, will touch his head. He'll be a in other words, he'll have a head of separation. He'll be a Nazarite. He'll be separated to sacred service of the Lord. He'll be consecrated. That's what all that Nazarite means. And that's what she said there. Now if we won't have time to, to, to look at this in detail but she did have a child and uh, uh, when, as soon as the child was weaned she gave it to Eli the priest for service in the tabernacle. Now, it's also a little interesting there, too, in another study, he wasn't a Levite, but yet he was used as service in the temple, to so the priesthood. Now, he didn't offer sacrifices, I don't believe, but yet we see a, a, a use for a Nazarite here. It, it appears to me, uh, you remember when, and I'll try not to get carried away with this, but you remember when the Lord called samuel uh it's hard for me not to get carried away with this but very interesting samuel again samuel's mother give him to eli the priest as soon as he's winged so here's this little boy uh don't know how old he was when he was winged but given to the priest Given to the lord separate and i guarantee he never had a haircut we go to the barber shop it's kind of Kind of fun to, well, sometimes it's kind of fun to watch kids get their first haircut and everything. Not so fun for the barbers, maybe, but lots of suckers giving out and everything, isn't there? But anyway, I guarantee you this little boy never had a haircut. Probably didn't have a beard yet, but once he became and, and had a beard, I guarantee you it was never uh, cut either. But he was being Nazarite uh, uh, unto the Lord. And you remember Samuel uh, was, his job, well, one of his jobs, was he opened the doors in the temple. He opened the doors of the house of the Lord. Doorkeeper, I guess. I don't know what other things he did, but he was to give service unto the priest. So there was one night that uh, uh, they were in uh, sleep, in bed or whatever, and and the Lord said to Samuel, uh, Samuel. And uh, Samuel got up in his bed, went over into Eli's uh, room and says, You called me? Eli the priest says, well, I didn't, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. So he went back to bed. Second time, Samuel. Samuel got up, went to Eli. You called? I didn't call you. Go back to bed. So he went back to bed. Third time, Samuel. He went back in. You called, Eli? I didn't call you. And it said there's something else, and I, and I hesitate not reading all this, but it said in that time the... Uh, a vision or a word from the Lord was very rare. This was a time that Israel, well, as in many times, they were uh, in rebellion against God and, and had, it seemed like they were almost always uh, somewhat rebellion against God. But, but they the, a, a vision or a word from the Lord was very rare then. In other words, they didn't have any prophets prophesying or seeing visions or anything at this time. So then Eli, the priest, says, told Samuel, said, You go back and said, if you hear it again, said, it's the Lord. So Samuel went back, and the fourth time, the Lord said, Samuel, and he said, it's I, Lord, speak. So, uh, this was this was Samuel. And Samuel was given uh, unto the Lord, and uh, there were even, there were even, uh, uh, I don't think I'll take the time to read it, but, uh, Samuel's uh, father was also told, and maybe I should, let's see. Uh, well, I don't want to take too much time on that, but uh, Samuel's father was also told and uh, uh, that, that uh, was an, angel, an angel had come and told Samuel's mother and then also, uh, end up told Samuel's father, and again told him he'll be a Nazarite. He's not to, to, to drink anything of the of the vine, he's not to come in contact with a dead body. A razor should not touch his head. Same thing we read about is someone takes the vow of a Nazarite, and that's what the angel of the Lord told Samuel's dad, reaffirmed that to him, that he was to be uh, a Nazarite. So here we see, uh, Samuel, and, and maybe I should have taken time to read more of that, but uh, but I didn't. But anyway, he uh, he went on to be uh, a Nazarite uh, for life, from birth all the way through, and and he and he uh, a razor didn't touch his head. He didn't drink or take anything of the vine, and he didn't come contact with the with the dead bodies. Now again, if if this was the same thing for the, those that took uh, a vow for a, a period of time. And again, if, someone, again, if, if this was the same thing for the, those that took uh, a vow for a, a period of time. And again, if someone took it for a period of time, if they violated any of those things or a dead body or something like that, then they would have to shave their head of separation and they would start over again. Everything before that wouldn't count. But anyway, uh, here's an example of, of one that was a Nazarite from birth. Wasn't a vow of Nazarite for a period of time, so many months. Nazarite from, uh, from birth. Now, let's look at a, another one in uh, the book of Judges, chapter uh, 13. Back before Samuel, we have Ruth and Judges. Judges, chapter 13. Thirteen. We're going to see another one here. There was a Nazarite uh, from birth, and uh, so Judges chapter chapter thirteen, in verse one. And this is about this is Samson that we talked about his faith on Sunday night. In verse 1, says, And the children of Israel did evil uh, again in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines forty years. So here Israel, again, as always, they were doing evil and so forth, and, but now they were in bondage to the Philistines, as Israel spent a lot of time being in bondage to somebody. Verse 2, And there was a certain man of Zorah, the family of Daintes, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and born up. We see a lot of Uh, miracles coming from these barren, uh, don't we? And the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman and said unto her, Behold now, thou art barren and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive and bear a son. Now therefore uh, beware, I pray thee, and drink no wine, nor strong drink, and eat uh, not any unclean thing. For lo, thou shalt conceive and shalt bear a son and no razor shall come on his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. So here he told her and said he'll be a Nazarite, no razor. And we know a couple of the other rules that goes along with being a Nazarite. Verse 6, then the woman came and told her husband, saying, a man of God came to me, and his countenance was like the countenance of an angel of God, and very awesome. But I asked him not from where he was, neither told me his name. But he said unto me, Behold, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and now drink no wine nor strong drink, neither eat uh, any unclean thing, for the child shall be Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. So here is another one. This is uh, uh, Samson. And uh, here again, from he was to be a Nazarite all the way through. Even uh, this is might be something for um, uh, our political people to, to look at. Uh, when did his uh, when was he a Nazarite? Well, even the mother, I mean, one of the things, Nazarite, they weren't to eat anything unclean or or drink anything, the fruit of the vine. And he told the mother, don't you do it either, because this this person, this being, uh, is is inside of her. So when does life start? And that's another subject for another day. But anyway, here we see Samson, and and we're going to read, we're going to talk a little more about Samson, but Samson was to be, he was a Nazarite. And let me skip over to save time, verse 24 and verse 25. And the woman bore a son and called his name Samson. And the child grew, and the Lord blessed him. And the Spirit of the Lord began to move him at times in the camp of Dan between Zorah and Ishtel. And let me... uh, Well... So here's, here's Samson to be a Nazarite. We'll read a little more about him. But the Lord blessed him. And you know he was blessed with strength. But one of the things he was to do, what did he tell uh, the mother? And back in verse 5, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. They were in bondage to the Philistines. And the Lord says that he's going to be a Nazarite. What's that? Set apart. Consecrated. Consecrated for a, a sacred purpose. And part of his purpose was he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. So that's who they were in bondage to. Now look at chapter 14, verse 1. And Samson went down to uh, Timnah and saw a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. Now here we go, and there's a there's a lot here. We won't have take all the different... Uh, uh, views of this but Samson went down to the Philistines End up this is where he's going to take a wife from now the children of Israel were not to marry outside of there were they they weren't to take wives uh, outside the nation of Israel they were to keep themselves separate but we see God's uh, a little bit of God's plan being revealed here He's taking a wife of the Philistines, and this is gonna this is gonna uh, uh, shall I say help or or it's gonna be a, a intricate part of God's plan and Him delivering the Philistines. So, uh, so we see the beginning of his how he's gonna have a connection to the Philistines here. Uh, some interesting stories and study about him and his wife and. Uh, uh, how uh, he uh, was talking to some of the Philistines and he put this riddle, um, maybe I should take time to talk about that, but he put this riddle uh, about the honey and in the, in the lion carcass, you remember that story, very interesting there, and uh, she uh, uh, told the Philistines, which is her family, the riddle, and of course they guessed the riddle, and that's when we hear the uh, uh, the terminology said if you hadn't been plowing my heifer you wouldn't have you would have known this so he knew that his wife had told on so we see the, the Philistines here but the part that we I want to look at is in chapter 16 Delilah we, we hear a lot more about Samson and Delilah than we do Samson and his wife of the Philistines don't we but here we have Delilah and, uh, and we, know, we know the story here, but let's read just a couple verses here. Uh, in uh, Judges 16 and 15, And she said unto him, How canst thou say, I love thee, when thy heart is not with me? Thou hast mocked me these three times, and hast not told me wherein thy great strength lieth. And it came to pass when she pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death. So, you know, she had uh, asked him before, well, where's your strength at? And he told her some different tales and everything and uh, said, the Philistines upon you. And he would just kill them all. You know, nobody could could touch uh, Samson. So here, uh, this time he told her, he said, well, he said, it's... uh, uh, you know, it, it's my hair. And uh, he said, if my, if my hair is cut, then I won't have this great strength. So this strength is in my hair. But now, can we can we phrase that a little differently? Not changing the scriptures, but knowing what we know about the Nazarite and everything, can we phrase that a little differently? He said, yeah, if you cut off the locks of my hair, he said, razor's never touched and everything. He said, that's where my strength's at. So we say, well, if his hair is cut off, He'll lose his strength. Can we say if he loses his head of separation? Because if his hair is cut off, that's what separates him. He still has a head, but it's no longer a head of separation. It's not a head of separation. He no longer has a head of separation when his hair is cut off. So he told her, and, uh, and you remember, and then, of course, he was asleep. She cut the hair off here come the Philistines, took him away, he, and he had no strength, no longer separated, no longer had the head of separation, but had no strength, and, uh, but, uh, and then, you know, remember they took him, put his eyes out, and then also, remember, and I'll just touch on this, uh, near the end of the uh, account of Samson, remember, he's, tied up there in, the, in their temples and posts and everything. And, and I, I believe at that time, then he probably had his head of separation back. And you remember he uh, pulled the, uh, the columns in and, and destroyed more Philistines now than he had in his entire life. Remember, he'd slew some of the jawbone and everything. Uh, but he slew more here now in his death than he had in his entire life. So we can see the purpose of God for Samson fulfilled. What did he tell the mother? Razor's not touch his head. Don't drink any of this. Don't come (laughs) in contact with a dead body. Uh, He'll be a Nazarite from from birth until death. And the purpose was he shall begin to deliver Israel from the hand of Philistines. And we see that carried out. Maybe a little crooked path. You know, yeah, he... By law, he shouldn't have went to the Philistines to take a wife. But this is part of God's uh, uh, predestinated uh, divine path for him, that this would come to pass. But we see a razor cut his hair off. The head of his separation was gone. And therefore, the power. So, if a razor come upon the head of his separation... He would be as other men. That's what he told Delilah, actually. And we didn't read that. And study this on your own, if you would, and read a lot more than I've read. But he told her, he said, Yeah, if if a razor touched my head, he said, I'll be as other men. I won't have the strength. So this head of separation was, was very key in this. And what happened? When he lost his head of separation, he was as other men. No strength. They overtook him. So when he lost what separated him, he had no strength and the enemy prevailed against him. That's the way it was. So we see uh, two uh, Nazarites. They were Nazarites from life, for life. And then we saw Nazarite avowed the Nazarite. But the uh, the characteristics are basically the same, just the amount of the time is different. They weren't to eat uh, uh, anything uh, unclean or drink uh, anything of the fruit of the vine, not to come in contact with a dead person, the head of the separation. No razor was attached to touch their head. So now, what, if any, is the significance of That to us today is it just a nice Bible story well the answer is no to that well it is a nice Bible story a nice piece of history but it means something to us today in this day and age and uh, I see we got about two minutes left Uh, but we we read about a Nazarite whether it be a vow of a Nazarite or from birth until death. We know something about a Nazarite, what to eat, not come in contact with the dead, not to have the head of separation taken away. So they were separate. They were consecrated, set apart for sacred service, consecrated. Let me uh, read this, and we will maybe end with this. First uh, Peter chapter 2. And I didn't think we'd get very far in this. If it be the Lord's will, we'll take this up again next week, or the next couple of weeks if we need to. Now we're going to be looking at some different terminologies and things. 1 Peter chapter 2, and I'll just read verse 9. I love the scripture, by the way. But it says, But ye are a chosen generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people or a people of his own, which is what it means. So we know this is talking about the Lord's church. And it says that. In other words, there's a purpose for this. Yeah, you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own. And there's a purpose for this that you should show forth the praise of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That you should show forth the praises. So would you say that maybe they're set apart for sacred purpose? From common to sacred. They're consecrated. They're set apart. I know we don't see the word Nazarite and we haven't tied it in yet. But can we see they're separated? Because it says... Who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. The whole world's in darkness. I don't think we'll have any disagreement on that. The whole world's in darkness. But the Lord calls or separates some out of darkness, Jerry, into the marvelous light, we'll go ahead and into the marvelous light of his church because we know that's where the light is. Another subject, another study, but calls us, separates us, out of darkness and to the marvelous light of His church, we're called out. We're separated. That you should show forth the praise of Him who has called you out of darkness, separated for this, consecrated. There, so there's a, a purpose uh, that you should show forth the praise of Him who called you out of darkness to His marvelous light. So now. Samson was set apart or separated for a purpose. God said he'll be a Nazarite. He'll begin to deliver Israel from the hand of the Philistines. There was a purpose. He was separated, consecrated for that purpose. Here, although we don't see the word Nazarite or anything yet, but it says that they were. Separated, called out for a purpose, that they would uh, show forth praises of Him who called them out. So, although we don't see the word uh, uh, Nazarite, we we can see begin to see there's a separation, and, and there's a purpose for that. And well, let me let me. Let me say this, and again, we'll have to tie this in uh, uh, next couple of weeks or whatever. That yeah, the, the, uh, those that the Lord separates, brings out of darkness into the marvelous light of his church, they'll be Nazarite. And all those things will apply. And there is a purpose. And, and, uh, and let me say something else. Is this a vow of a Nazarite? Will this be for a period of time? No. This will be a Nazarite from birth until death. You say, I've already had a haircut. Now, Brandon, (laughs) Chuck, I don't know how it's going to work out with you, Brandon, and haircuts and stuff, but anyway. uh, I've already had a haircut. From birth until death. And we're talking about the spiritual birth there where the Lord told Nicodemus, you must be born again. We're talking about from that birth. That's the time that we're set apart for this consecrated service of the Lord. So from that time, then the rules of the Nazarite will apply. Head of separation. Not come in contact with the dead. Not to be drunk with the fruit of the vine. You say, ooh, well, I've had my hair cut and I've already been uh, born again. Well, we'll talk about that next week. And we'll see uh, uh, that the, the, the rules or the characteristics of the Nazarite will fit those that the Lord brings out of darkness into the marvelous light of his church for the purpose of bringing praise unto him who called him out. Set apart, consecrated. there'll be a Nazarite. We'll bring that in if it will be the Lord's will in the next couple of weeks. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. You just missed.